Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a show all about saving the best and burning the rest. Uh, and I'm excited because this is episode 100. 100. Are you excited? Whoa. I don't know. Can you believe it's been 100 episodes, Joshua? I actually cannot. I'm so blown away. <laughs> like, honestly, I did never thought this show would go 100 episodes. Like full Bro, you did not. You did not think the show was going to get past twenty episodes. That's actually true. Not even a joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't until about like episode fifteen where it really took off and we started getting a bigger audience, and then we we're like, oh, okay, maybe we'll keep it going. So if it didn't happen, then maybe Burn the Haystack wouldn't still be here today. It's amazing. Ah, it's amazing. <laughs> yep. But yeah, it, it, honestly, it doesn't feel to me like it's been a hundred episodes. I remember when we first started, I was listening to somebody podcasting um, and they were like getting into it and I really respected them as a podcaster. And this particular podcast host said that you don't really know what you're doing with podcasting until you do 100 episodes. So <laughs> what I I'm saying- that. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Wow. And, and we just, just sort of like talked about it and then we just kind of laughed like, okay, well, clearly that's never going to happen sort of thing. And <laughs> See here we are. two years. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, two years later. We, we definitely haven't, like we could have definitely gotten to 100 a lot quicker than we have. Um, but I really, I am honestly really proud of the journey that we've been on, the decisions that we've made, um, not only decisions of which episodes to make and who to talk to, but like how to actually safeguard what we have and um, how to actually be healthy um, because we've, you know, taken breaks and we've chosen not to do certain things. And I think, um, I think it's paid off really in the end. There's a lot of lessons we've learned particularly yeah. about online content creation and maintaining brand and all that kind of stuff. It's And we're not experts, but we're definitely a lot better than we were <laughs> Like yeah. for this episode, as we'll talk about in a minute. I had to go back and listen to a bunch of our older stuff in preparation for it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, stop talking, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, so true. You do not know what you're doing. And the audio quality sounds so bad back then. And now I'm like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize how much we'd stepped up our audio quality game. Yeah. Until I went back and listened to those first few and I was like, wow. Do you remember the days when it was you and I on our little USB microphones and we were sharing one microphone and then we you got a microphone. It was like amazing. And then it changed everything. But then it was crazy because I remember, man, do you remember those audio issues that we had like early on, like the getting everything recorded and making everything work? It was so temperamental, hey? I remember the pain we felt and the rage I could see flowing through you trying to get everything working. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that's what that's what I thought. Ah, this will be good to get going for 20 episodes and then we'll do something else, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I totally get that. I was trying to remember, when I was preparing for this episode, I was trying to remember because I, I remember there being one episode that either we lost the audio... Or the audio was terrible for one of us. And I, for the life of me, I couldn't remember which one it was. Do you remember there was that one episode? Ah. It was like in the first 10 and it was absolutely dog doo-doo. Like, like one of us, it was one of us with one of our microphones and something had gone completely wrong. And it was then that I was like, yes. I don't want to do this anymore. But do you remember that? Yes, I do. It was, I remember the problem... I think it was my microphone. Yeah. No, mine? Or you, maybe it was yours. It was one of ours. Wait, because this was back in the... No, this is when I was editing, and I'm pretty sure you gave me your audio, and it was... Right. The gain was up really high, and it was a super distorted the entire time. Yes. I, yeah, I think that's what it was. But I'm going to say that was the Theology of Architecture, episode okay. six. I'm going to say it was okay. that one. All right. I don't know right. why, but that's the one I think it was. <laughs> Did we... Because I remember thinking back and thinking, man, we never scrapped any episodes. Like, we didn't have anything tragic happen. Then I was like, no, actually, we did. There was we that one. one episode. 
and I don't know that we tr- like completely trashed it and threw it in the bin or we just kept on going. I think we just kind of made the best of it, but it was not good. Yeah. Can't I can't remember I can't, now. I have to go back and listen, but yeah. Wow, I d- true. I, yeah. I do remember there being I'm- episodes where we recorded and we just weren't happy with it. Like I remember early on we did an episode because we started the podcast around the same time that... Um, uh, jo- uh, Logan Paul had his really infamous sort of um, thing in Japan, yes. right? Yes. Uh, that was the first episode I think we ever actually recorded was us talking yeah. about Logan Paul in Japan and connecting it to... There was some big point that we connected it to. I can't remember. I think it was around responsibility and influence and stuff like that. Yes. Possibly. Yeah, responsibility and influence, that's it. And we deleted the episode. Well, we didn't delete it. It's probably still sitting on your computer somewhere, but we never somewhere. launched it because it didn't really fit into what we wanted to do. Funnily enough, we'd probably make it fit better now if we did the exact same content. Possibly. Possibly. And then we recorded a version of the first episode that also never aired. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. And we redid it later because we wanted to get it right. Did we redo that episode twice or three times? It was only twice. No, no, no. Surely. I don't was- know. It could have been three times. <laughs> the lost episodes. Maybe the one lo- day we'll release them as the lost <gasps> episodes or something. That would be cool. That would be pretty mean. And then there was the one with Justin Koo that never got released, but that's... That's right. It wasn't really our fault. Uh, Justin talked about it on the one that he was here. Yeah. I think we just went over a lot of the same uh, information with Justin the first time around. It's just that it wasn't as developed as when we released... Yeah. The second one was definitely better because he was more in the trenches. It's made for a more interesting episode. So it's all right, guys. Don't stress too much. It was cool though because yeah. the first time I think he was in Hawaii at the time and so we got to chat to him about everything that was happening yeah. in Hawaii. Yeah, that That's was pretty right. neat. It was pretty neat. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. And I just, yeah. while you were talking, I just remembered there was one more episode that we never released but we actually redid and released it later on, like a year later on because we did an episode very early on about music and worship. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, yeah, me did. too. Yeah. And we wow. never... And you weren't happy with it. You were, I think you were concerned that it might have given us some backlash because of our pastoral situation at the time. And yeah, I think it was more of a circumstances and the way we covered it, I didn't feel like it was... I did also feel like we could have done it better. And I did feel like the second time we did it, it was better. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. 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 Man. So Rem- in case you, uh, dear listeners... Um, haven't realised. So this episode is sort of a reminiscing. <laughs> um, well, the first part was definitely a reminiscing, yeah. and uh, we kind of got lost in our thoughts there a little bit. So glad you could join us. But um, what we wanted to cover in this episode is just looking back on some of our favourite moments from Burn the Haystack history from the last hundred episodes. And I think you know we've had a lot of newer listeners jump on in recent times, and you're probably. Uh, uh, most of you, I'm going to say probably haven't gone all the way back through the archives and listened to all the episodes because this is like a hundred hours of, if not more, conversation, if not more, yeah, um, sitting there. And so totally understand if you can't. So this <laughs> is really the episode for you because we're going to give yeah. you a bunch of highlights and things to maybe you want to go back and listen to more. Maybe you're like, wow, definitely don't want to listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have some we have some ones that are our favorites, but because I'm the editor, I got the uh, special privilege of throwing in one or two uh, wild balls because... I mean, we had some, we've had some really amazing guests, some really amazing conversations, but we've also had some real weird ones over the, over the two years that we've been in here. Now, sure I has. will say that there is one infamous episode that we are not including in this list, but that I have to mention right up, up, up front. Do you, can you guess, Josh, which episode I might be talking about? The infamous episode? No, I actually don't know what you might be referring to. Okay. I'm not sure. There is one episode that whenever I meet a Burn the Haystack listener in the wild, they will always say, oh my goodness, I like your podcast. If they like the podcast, if they don't like the podcast, they'll usually just say, I don't like your podcast, but that only happens very rarely. Um, If they listen to the podcast and they like it, they'll say, oh my gosh, I like your podcast. Except for that one episode Uh about (laughs) Jedi and drunk pigeons. Yes. I did not understand what was going on in that episode. Yeah, you should (laughs) have. You must have that similar experience as well, hey? Yeah. 
Yeah, I've had it a couple of times. People are like, yeah, I love it. I listen to every single episode. Even the Jedi and Drunk Fungus. <laughs> you know what is funny? You know, pigeons. Was, yeah, you, you know, Drunk Fungus. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Drunk Chungus. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's funny is I actually, I've, li- I've, re- I've re-listened to that episode. I think I've li- re-listened to it last year. Um, not the whole way through, but like maybe half of it. And you know what? I yeah. actually still stand by that episode. I stand by it. Me I, too. It, I, I know that some people don't like it, but I actually really enjoyed us nerding out about Star Wars and me sharing my holiday to Carpety Island. I thought it was a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> me too. To be honest, we had a really good points at the end of each section yeah. too. I don't know why people complain about it, but anyway... It's a good episode. We're not deleting it. It's no. never come. I'd be more inclined to delete episode one than to delete, to delete that one. But anyway, uh, yes, that would cause all sorts of outrage. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know. Uh, I guess maybe more than anything, it's like a lesson in know your audience. So maybe that's that's yeah. that's a lesson to draw out that people really aren't that interested in Star Wars, and perhaps not all that interested in drunk pigeons, which is I think is just sad. I think it was more they weren't interested in us just telling about our lives. But maybe now, maybe now we should try it again later yeah. on. Maybe in the next hundred episodes, we'll spring one in there that's like Jedi and Drunk Pigeons 2.0. You know, that it's people already. Jedi and Drunk Pigeons, the Jedi Strikes Back or something. <laughs> Revenge of the Jedi. Uh, the last Revenge Drunk Pigeon. Puppy. The li- <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> yes so today what we have lined up for you very special listeners is our top 10 better <laughs> haystack moments from the first 100 episodes Woo! so this is basically yes this is basically a watch mojo list of top 10 burn the haystack episodes um full disclosure watch mojo did uh, reach out to us to do a top 10 burn the haystack episode <laughs> no. but they didn't offer us <laughs> enough money so that we had to turn them down sadly and say i'm sorry watch mojo keep your money we're gonna do this list ourselves so yeah that's exactly what happened <laughs> <laughs> all right do you want to start us off with number one jesse okay all right so this isn't in no particular order in fact um it's interesting that there is one person on this list that actually features twice because this person is so fabulous we had mm. to talk about them twice but the very very first um top 10 uh, is our moment that we shared with Kira Bullock when we talked to her about singleness. Um, we are, I still remember this episode. We didn't record this all that long ago. I believe it was in season two. Um, really opened my eyes up to, yeah, I guess, I guess the, oh, I don't want to say like the condition, the plight, the situation of like somebody <laughs> who's single, but like she definitely, I felt humbled as somebody who spent many years wishing against singleness and then kind of got what I wanted when I found somebody that I was able to um, have a relationship with and then marry. Um, but yeah, no, I really, inter- I was really, really um, blown away by this conversation with her, really opened my eyes up. And to be honest, probably the stuff that I really enjoyed the most was the stuff that we talked about when the microphones were off. Like, seriously, her brain is just goes at a million miles an hour. So to be able to have her conversation with her, especially about something which is so near and dear to her heart, um, yet yeah, really loved it. Mm. Yeah. So we'll just get out of the way and let you guys listen. This is from episode 71, Kira Bullock is Single. Yeah, like I still very much felt like I I chose Danelle and she chose me. And I think that's love. Like that's the kind of love we talk about when we talk about God is he gives us freedom of choice so we can choose to love him. And so if he's then like, I don't know, forcing us to like there's one person and you have to find them and you have to love them, it's not really, it doesn't feel like a free choice then. So, you know, now that you put this together, it kind of actually does make sense that love always has to be a choice. it always has to be a choice and the fact that she feels like she was made for you or that she was she's the you know god chose her for you that that comes did you notice the word that came before you said that i feel like she i feel like she Mm. and and that's the power and the potency that's the potency of feelings Mm. 
and and that's how you should feel about her. Otherwise, you probably shouldn't have married her. You know, <laughs> it's. Um, but that's a that's a feeling that you have about her, and that's a way that you kind of turn that back and offer that as worship to God. I feel like God did this for me. Wow, that's amazing. Um, but if you were to really unpack your theology around that, I'm not sure you would you would you would say I'm certain that. Mm. Yeah, because I think I think this is not something that's just uh, unique to Christianity. I think this is something that the Western world has kind of bought into on mass. You know, because I think whilst there isn't much the or any theological support, I think there is a lot of if you're going from the commentary of 90s romantic comedies, that's definitely the message that you would take home that you complete me, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like that's, Mm. if you're taking that from that, from the commentary of, you know, those types of movies and Mm. and books, that's definitely the message that we all kind of grew up with. We're looking for that one, you know? Yeah. And to me now I kind of look back hindsight and go, that's such damaging thought process you know like part of me goes and the feminist in me goes "Mm, excuse me nobody gets to complete you you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) i mean come on renee zellwinger with tom hanks like come on you know know, like i have i I sort of have it in front of me actually i could read it to you there's i have a little paragraph that i wrote in a something that i wrote that's called diaries of a single woman that is I don't know. I'll probably add to it at some point. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll get brave and send it off to a publisher. But there's this, mm. there's this, um, there's this paragraph around this idea of you were made for me and you're my only, you know, you're my one and only. And mm. I write it like this. You were made for each other and in inverted commas, aside from my obvious issue with the theology of this statement and my hesitancy to accept that any one of us was made for any one other human being on the planet. I do understand the sentiment. People get to feel as though, they were made for someone else. People get to feel as though this person is the one and only one and they really won big time when they found them. Feelings aside, fundamental premise issues with where this statement begins aside, the echo chamber of the single person shouts, you clearly weren't made for anyone. Otherwise, your life would be following the same script of being in the early 20-something and you would be making the same romantic statements about the person you feel compliments you and was always yours to find. The implication is, is that you can be whole now. Well, I've long rejected that sentiment, that belief and that starting point. But the message in my head clearly has some study to do because it seems to buy in to the other point of view sometimes and proceeds to taunt me with it. Maybe it gets my attention, not because I believe it, but because there are people in the room with me who clearly do believe it. So if they do, what must they think of my 50% existence, my half-person reality, my we don't really quite understand how this happens for some persons and not others plight? Okay, hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, Again, Kira Bullock has so much insight. It's amazing. Um, And yeah, we had a lot of good feedback from that episode too, so... If you want to listen to the whole thing, I encourage you to definitely go and do it. Uh, our next one uh, comes from a pretty interesting discussion. We did an episode a while back about a while a while back. Sorry, about the law. A while back about the law and um, basically just uncovering like what what the law actually is in the Old Testament mm. and how it connects to God's people and just. I guess comparing it even to how we see modern day law and sometimes that we put that on the Old Testament law even though it wasn't written in the same way. Mm. Um, so we had a really interesting um, discussion about it and yeah, I guess we're going to share a little snippet of it uh, for you guys to listen to. Did you have anything else to add to that, Jesse? Yeah, no, I'm nothing to add. This is like a little monologue from me, so I probably shouldn't say too much. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. I think the the conversation about what the law is and what the law isn't is a really worthwhile um, one to have. So yeah, love it. This is um, episode number 65. Have we been breaking the law this entire time? Here's the clip. God isn't the sort of being who is incredibly interested in us keeping the letter of the law. Like he didn't put these laws out just, just to be like a cosmic bully like here's all the here's all the rules that you have to live by and if you don't live by them i'm going to be really upset with you no god that's not god at all that's not the god that we serve god is a god of wisdom and he has a is a god of he has like this cosmic he's got like a 
a cosmic wisdom, uh, a cosmic rhythm by which he governs himself and he governs the universe. There's like a rhythm through which everything lives and breathes and has its being. Like we, we see that with Jesus. And, and God is inviting human beings into that wisdom. And he's saying, if you trust me and if you live by my wisdom, you will prosper. You will have peace. You will live within my law of love and you will have the love that I have and the love that circulates within me in my Trinitarian being. So up next, uh, we have an episode that we did very early on. One of our, my favorite uh, interviews, at least from season one, um, with a dear friend of ours, Kofi Amor. And um, in this clip, Kofi uh, shares about how he got his name and sort of the really cool naming patterns that exist in Ghana, uh, in Ghanaian tradition. But yep. honestly, Kofi is such a great storyteller. It's just, <laughs> it's so cool, hey? Yeah, we've been talking about getting him back on the podcast for ages, especially really to talk to. about all of his Burger King stories. That's what we need. <laughs> the Burger the Burger King saga, the Burger King tales or something. Yeah. Burger King foot lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> relevant, relevant. On, yeah, on brand. hopefully some of you guys will get that joke, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, love this one. Uh, maybe we'll see Kofi again in the near future. Yeah. So, highlight number seven, this is episode 15, Kofi Amoa wasn't born on a Friday. Ooh. And so, we have this, I guess it's, a, it's like a church camp meeting that we have. Um, I guess here it's known uh, in Adventist circles as big camp. Oh, we just right. call it yep. camp meeting back, back in uh, North America. But uh, we would have like, I guess, in addition to the church organizational ones, we would have smaller... Um, I guess culture centric ones. Okay. So we have uh, we would have a Ghanaian one for North American Ghanaians. Wow. So it was it was really cool and it was always interesting for me because like my name Kofi is a Ghanaian name, um, literally means a boy born on Friday. <laughs> that's, well, that's profound. Yeah. That's profound. <laughs> deep. Man. Deep. But uh, it went from being it, I would go from having the most unique name in the room. To having like of extremely common names <laughs> at those things, someone says Kofi and like fifty heads turn. So it's like okay, wait, is uh, that is that like a Ghanaian tradition? Like, were you born on a Friday? <laughs> Everybody always asks that. I was not born on a Friday. What? So oh, how man. did I end up with that name? Is there like what? What do you know? What day you were born on? I was born on a Thursday. Is there um, a name? close enough? Right? Is there a name <laughs> for somebody who was born on a Thursday? Yes, there is. So a boy born on Thursday is his name is Yao. Yo! Yeah. Yo! <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very glad my parents went with Kofi as opposed to Yao. Um, but yeah, so Ghana, I guess it's just a sidetrack. Ghana has these 14 names that everybody has. Uh, now, not everybody is it their legal name or is it like uh. in their commonly used name, but at least like their parents or family members might call them that. So I only know the boy names, um, but Sunday is Kwesi. Uh, Monday is Kojo. Uh, see, if I say it very anglicized, my mom will be mad. So <laughs> Sunday is Kwesi. Monday is Kujo. Yep. Tuesday is uh, Tuesday is Kwabna. And then uh, Wednesday, my younger brother is a Wednesday baby. It's Kwaku. Yeah. Thursday is Yao. It's the only one that doesn't start with a K. <laughs> ah. Friday is Kufi. And Saturday is Kwame. I'm, I'm going to admit I was a little bit disappointed that one of them wasn't T'Challa or something like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wakanda forever. Um, yeah, no, T'Challa. Maybe my firstborn. <laughs> so this next highlight actually comes from somebody who is now on the Burn the Haystack team, Laura Hutchinson. Absolute legend, has helped us out so much. Uh, with the podcast and funny story I don't think we've ever shared this but the reason she's on the team is because she was such an avid listener from early on and she definitely gave us the most feedback <laughs> she like would so much us, she would Facebook us and all these sorts of things and be like hey guys just want a heads up you could it could be way better if you did this or hey just a little <laughs> heads up or just love this thought maybe we should share it like this and we we're like man because we both knew Laura at college, but 
you know not not heaps well yeah, yeah like i'd had a lot of interactions with her but yeah i was like man she's like really into this and then we reached out to her and said hey do you want to just join the team and do stuff with us and she was yes she's like straight away so uh it was awesome it's been awesome to have laura on the team and we even got her to come on and do a whole episode with us about um just a digital space and local churches because we know a lot of, while a lot of you aren't in churches anymore a whole lot of you are still in churches and so you care about like helping your church move into this digital space and then even i know for a lot of you who aren't in church anymore who listen um you still care about doing some sort of digital discipleship online and learning about like the online space and often for a lot of you maybe the only church you attend is in a digital sort of manner so this was a really important episode for us and i think helped us really ground as part of what we're both really passionate about now which is digital discipleship and digital ministry online and laura is just an absolute gold mine of wisdom for uh, for this yeah and by the way you guys if you didn't know laura actually works very high up in a major australian book publishing company um with their marketing department uh, so when she speaks about marketing this is not just about somebody who is a millennial and has facebook like she is an absolute like authority on this um what what, what are you what are you laughing at josh uh, she's not just a millennial with facebook she has instagram too no she is absolutely a, an authority so um yeah here it is here's our clip from episode uh 62 getting your church online with laura hutchinson the church is a business whether you want to look at it like that or not, it's an organization and um, deserves to be communicated. No, I think there is so much in the Bible about evangelism and about calling other people to the faith um, that we can't really deny it. And I think the rut that a lot of us have gotten stuck in, in the Adventist church is that we're like, the Lord will provide. Like God, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like God will bring the people that he calls or like he will touch their hearts and they will be inspired to come to church. Meanwhile, we're like sitting in the pews doing nothing to (laughs) inspire them to sort of come, you know, like, um, and we can pray about it and God will do whatever he wants, but he's going to work through us. Like if you like what's in your hands, like for me, What's in my hands is a set of digital skills um, and, you know, now a university degree on how to do online communications. And so I would like to use that not only for the job that pays me, but also for the community that I'm passionate about. Um, I think people that sit in the pews and expect God to just magically open the doors and let people walk in are kidding themselves, like, pray that prayer that God will bring people to church and then actually do something to bring people to church. Mm. We forget what it's like to not be a Christian and to not be um, attending churches. And I definitely like, you know, I'm a born and raised Adventist. I've done the Adventist school and Adventist churches um, my whole life. And it was only when I moved to Sydney and lost, you know, lost, left my whole community (laughs) behind um, that I sort of, yeah, I wasn't quite sure what to do with myself. And um, I started not going to church every week. I would kind of just sleep in or um, <laughs> go to brunch as a bad ventist because it felt <laughs> more comfortable than going to church and meeting new people that I, like, you know, I didn't know them. I didn't know what the church even looked like because they're not online. <laughs> I sort of felt really uncomfortable about it and... Um, which is something I'd never felt before. My church back at home at Macquarie is like my, is like a family. Like I call, um, there's like five women there that I all call mum because they're all, it's, wow. it's that community feeling. Um, and I didn't have that at all in Sydney. And I started, I guess, wagging church. I started hopping around. I tried like, you know, we kind of hopped between three different Adventist churches and um, I tried out a C3 church, which is a Sunday church similar to Hillsong. <gasps> I know. <laughs> uh, no, I'm an ultimate bad Adventist because I'm marketing for a secular hotel. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, 
putting myself in the shoes of someone who is not a regular attendee and actually like becoming that person changed my whole view of church and changed the way I look at it completely. And I look back at my old church in Kurumbong who don't have much of an online presence and they didn't have any signs of where to park. You rock up and go to a big um, hall and there's no signs to say teens have a school here, youth have a school here. I just knew what door to go to because I'd been there for like 15 years. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, yeah, and how much of that, how intimidating would that be if I was a new person going to that church just like I have been in Sydney and I've been so intimidated to rock up to no signs no expectations, nothing. Um, so it's really flipped my view of everything. So for our next uh, top 10, uh, this one is from back in a time when Burn the Haystack just was weird and we embraced it, which is every time, of course. But um, especially like in the early days, I remember early on, Josh, you and I, we had a discussion and we were, and I was like, we should do an episode on conspiracy theories because as pastors, we encounter a lot of people who are proponents of a wide variety of conspiracy theories all the time. Yes, heaps. <laughs> And, and yeah. so I had this crazy idea. I was like, why don't we get somebody on the podcast who is like a proponent of several conspiracy theories and like they can just give us their best sort of convincing argument about why we should care about this stuff. But I don't know if it was your idea or my idea. Some One of us was like, well, why don't we get like two people, one person who's like really into conspiracy theories and one person who's kind of a little bit more anti-conspiracy theory and like let's put them head to head in like a, <laughs> a, a 1v1 but it didn't quite end up like that did it no they ended up both being really into conspiracy theories we were, and then we were the ones awkwardly sitting there like oh go on please <laughs> yeah. so so we invited craig nelthrop who's uh old friend of yours is that like yeah, wait, yeah, how do you know craig yeah so an old friend of yours and then i invited an old friend of mine mitchell strawn who's actually been on the podcast like two or three times already anyway um we invited those guys both on the podcast in what we kind of thought was going to be a bit of a, you know, a battle of the titans of uh, conspiracy theory proponent versus conspiracy theory denier. But then they actually ended up agreeing with each other a lot, which completely messed things up for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was a whole lot of fun in the end. Bro, it was... Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. <laughs> I think at the time it became one of our top downloaded episodes. Like it went really well. And we were like, oh, so people are into that. I don't Maybe. know if you remember this part, but it was also a little celebration because we it was our, it was episode 20. And we were like, oh. for the first time ever, Burn the Haystack has two guests. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I do remember the whole yeah. two guests thing being pretty crazy because they were in different places. And so the Skype call was was kind of all over the place to be honest like i was in my old house which only had adsl like two plus instead of like fiber and um i don't know where they were but sydney sydney uh internet isn't the best at the best of times um so yeah it wasn't great but it was a lot of fun and i i really enjoyed it i it kind of pushed me over a little bit into kind of wanting to entertain conspiracy theories a little bit more but at the same time <laughs> I don't know. It was just a bit of a... It was a riot. It was fun. Yeah, it was It was a good time. So, uh, this is highlight number five, I believe, and this is episode number 20. Craig Nelthrop is from the Hollow Earth. Ooh. <laughs> the other one is that the Earth is hollow, which is something I don't know if you guys have heard about. It's pretty interesting. I've heard of the Hollow Earth theory. Yeah, yeah. That's actually got some documented... Uh, fact behind it from various people all over the world, which is quite interesting. Like what? Like what kind of documented fact? I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so famous, uh, a famous US pilot. Um, he did some flights. His name was uh, Richard Bird, and he actually did some flights over the North Pole and the South Pole. And when he flew directly over the North Pole, he's been... Um, like in his journal, he wrote that he saw green grass and animals and 
things that should not be in the Arctic Circle, like things that should not be in this in the middle of all this ice and snow. Um, just crazy things like oh, mammoths and like flying saucers and kind of things like that. And <laughs> what? Yeah, 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 it's crazy. Um, so he flew over the North Pole in 1947 and he documented this. But also, same year, 1947, on the 20th of April, a letter was written from a, um, a Captain Heinrich Broder. Now, he was a, a captain in the uh, German Navy. And he's quoted in saying that they were out in their submarines uh, and they, when they resurfaced, they were in this land that was paradise. And they were in the um, Arctic region of, of like the top of the globe. Yeah. Because Hitler had his fascination with, you know, what's in the Arctic and what's there. And, you know, there's hundreds of hundreds. When you, when you look into this, the, the Nazis have documented hundreds and hundreds of cases of, I don't know, kind of like ending up in a new dimension or a new world or no one can really explain it, but. At the end of 2018, we decided to take a break and then we wanted to, you know, come back strong and we decided, oh, we should go into seasons. And we thought, okay, how are we going to kick off season two? Because we didn't even know we were doing seasons at that point. And then we were like, well, we've got to make season two count for something. So we thought, okay, who's an incredible guest who we could get on who's going to really shake things up? And of course, uh, slight uh, name drop that he's my cousin. Uh, we got <laughs> Pastor Nimrod Mauer himself the, the absolute himself. mad lad and legend um, <laughs> pastor of avondale college church to get on and to just break all of us it was incredible it was cool yeah it was supremely cool um nimrod is oh, it's crazy nimrod's such a humble guy and yet there is so much you know when you meet somebody and you can just tell that there there's a depth there and there is just a a level of like a level above the average the average pastor um i say that as a very average pastor it you know <laughs> there's just something about nimrod that just makes me want to just sit and listen and to learn from him and um yep. he's learned from the best uh and i have been privileged to work we've both been privileged to work with him in the past um yep. on various things so being able to listen to where he's going with being a lead visionary rather than being a lead pastor the the, the whole hero maker model um yeah just tremendous it was a tremendous episode and one that i was honestly so proud to um to release as part of our podcast yeah and it was a really good episode like i mean just in terms of raw numbers it was a really good episode in terms of breaking us through some particular number barriers we're at at the time i think it was our first episode ever episode to hit four or five hundred or something yeah and yeah we were like whoa like it really pushed our whole podcast ahead and it really built a whole community because it was the first time we did an episode really based around a book and so a lot of people went out and bought that book and talked to us about it and we ended up even getting in touch with the author of the book which was really cool mm. so um yeah, just some really cool things came from that episode. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, let's um, let's hear from Nimrod. Here it is, episode number 44. Imrod, Nimrod Mauer gave up being lead pastor. For many pastors, they want to be liked. You know, they want to be loved. Yeah. They, they, don't, they don't want to be criticized or told that they're doing a, a bad thing. So I discovered in doing this um, for this year, uh, it really hit my pride. Um, and that was something I didn't see coming. Um, so in essence, I thought, how am I going to live this book out with, with Alex? Uh, who you guys know, Alex Green. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so I thought, well, if I'm going to be a true hero maker, how do I do this with him? Do I make him a standard associate pastor where he just does all the jobs that I don't want to do? Um, you know, wash my car, you know, get my, <laughs> do my washing. You know? That seems like a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, you know, send them out to go get my coffee and stuff. Um, you know, do I do that or do I do I really implement this hero maker that inspired me when I was at Exponential uh, in Florida? So I, I decided to take it serious. So I, I spoke with Alex and I said, I don't want you to be an associate pastor. I want you to be the lead pastor of Avondale College Church. And so I gave him the authority over the pulpit and that he was to choose who got to speak at the pulpit, 
uh, what things we were going to do. Church family, um, I, I guided him in chairing the meetings of, of our board meetings. Uh, I made him chair of our nominating meetings, uh, our business meetings. So everywhere in Churchland, where the rubber meets the road, he is the lead pastor uh, of all those ministries. And so while that sounded great and I felt that I was an empowering leader, what I wasn't prepared for was that, guess who got all the, the, the compliments and the gratitude and the thank yous? <laughs> and it was Alex. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Alex is this. Alex is that. Praise God for Alex. <laughs> He's the nice guy. Yeah, and so here I am being a hero maker in the shadows, and <laughs> and, and my my you know my 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 pride takes a hit, and so I was confronted with this pride, and so I took some time out, so I could just go and be with God and say, hey, I need I need help to check this because now I wanted to try and break break him down and and, and expose his weaknesses because he was getting all the the praise. And so I needed to check that as a leader because I didn't want to do that. I, I wanted to, to stay the course. And so once I dealt with my pride, I was able to come back to the team and say, look, here's our goal. We want to be hero makers. But I've just learned that while it's a good thing, you need to check your pride. And then I took them through the journey of what happened with me and, and Alex. And, and so the whole team was like, oh, okay. So if we are going to live this out, we have to all check our pride and not be worried about who gets the credit so that we can do great things for the kingdom of God. So Hero Maker sounds great, but the first thing I challenge people with it is learn to check your pride and you'll be able to do amazing things throughout the Hero Maker process. All right, this next episode, um, this is number seven. And uh, very early on, one of our very first guests, in fact, this may have been our first guest that we did in person. Um, it was. It yeah. was, yeah. I remember um, Julene Dirksen Kapow um, came to our house and we had a really amazing conversation. Um, we were both living in Palmerston North at the time and Julene's from Palmy. Um, not originally, originally American, but she married a Kiwi guy and now they are a, an absolute staple in the church community here in Palmy. And yeah. we had an yeah amazing conversation with her. They're honestly just sitting down and talking to her. It's awesome uh, any day of the week, but we got to chat with her about um, being in the Adventist tradition and the system for a long time and then her making a really, really gutsy call to actually exit the system that had basically nurtured her and, you know, completely surrounded her and given her everything that she needed into a more missional um, sort of uh, approach in life, uh, mo moving into social work and all that sort of stuff. Really, really cool. Really inspirational. Um, and yeah. Yeah. This was one of the first episodes... <clears throat> I, I don't know. I feel like this was like, to be honest, for me personally, this is one of my all-time favorite episodes that we did. A because Julene is just such a star, but it was also because it was the first time, like we just heard somebody's story, and unpacked that story to find meaning, and there was just a lot of depth and and raw rawness that came out of it that I think just was. Su I know it was helpful to me at the time. Just recording it but i know it was helpful to a lot of people who listened mm. as well at the time not that we had very many people listening at that point but we got a lot of good feedback about it and it's one that i'm always like hey if you're going to go back through the archives you should definitely check this one out the audio quality isn't as great i remember this weird <laughs> moment when like the microphone wasn't secured and she's trying to talk and the microphone is slowly sinking down and, <laughs> yes, yes and i, I was like that. oh we had to pause it and fix it but like you wouldn't know <laughs> listening to it but i remember at the time like oh we're such amateurs but anyway i think was, i'm pretty sure i remember you and i were having to share the one microphone we were so our audio is like one minute louder and quieter but the conversation yeah. was so good i'm almost like man maybe we should like you know how you know how disney does like remasters of old mm. movies and stuff like maybe mm. we should do a remaster of that episode just maybe do it all should. again so it's better quality yeah yeah <laughs> um, anyway either way an absolute classic in the burn the haystack uh, repertoire an absolute classic totally um I wish we'd planned this slightly better because this is highlight number seven and it's episode number eight. Um, oh, <laughs> Julian Kapow has left the bubble, so make sure you go check that one out. 
So what would you tell somebody? <laughs> I know this is a, maybe maybe a bit of a tricky question, but what would you tell somebody who's battling with the idea of identity? A young person. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's a question, you know, not a question that anyone has specifically asked me, but I have walked along yeah. with young people who are, are really struggling in, in, in various aspects of identity. Hmm. Um, what would I say to them? First of all, I'd want to ensure that they have someone who's got their back. Hmm. Um, and and help them find that person. I think navigating life or doing life with someone who um, actually truly loves you, mm. not as a not necessarily as a peer or a parent or a grandparent or a family member, but someone who actually says I believe in you is huge. Mm. Um, but I'd also say that um, there isn't little boxes that we all fit in. So identity is not one or another. Mm. Um, it can be, it's just such a complex kind of web of um, bits of here and bits of there. You know, I embrace um, Maori culture and Cook Island culture and being born American, and that just makes me a fruit salad <laughs> and my kids. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I would tell them it's okay. It's mm. okay. And it's not an instant answer. It is a journey. Do lots of reading. Do lots of research about people you identify with or different aspects you identify with um, and find something that resonates with you, music um, and different voice and what are they saying and what are you just... And something will trigger in you. I also think we get really caught up with what is my identity. And as young people, particularly teenagers, that is... Mm. Hard, yeah. Um, but but what is there's that's where the the like movement, social justice, and and political movements that begin to to really burn in you. That's for um that crafts or, or shapes your identity even greater than looking at yourself. Right. It's looking out and what are greater things that really um, excite you or sadden you. So as a lot of you guys know, I'm very passionate about worship music and. For ages, Jesse had been pushing me to do an episode on it. And other people as well who listened had been like, hey, Josh, you've never really shared, you know, some of your insights on worship. And I was always kind of scared to share it because, you know, just, I don't know, it's such a conflicting issue. And at the time I was pastoring a church where it had been a really major issue. So I didn't want to ruffle up too many feathers and make more problems than necessary. Um, And we ended up, as we said before, recording a whole episode and then deleting it because I was just like, well, no, we can't. Well, not not deleting it, but we just didn't didn't share it because like, no, this isn't this isn't the one. Um, and I wanted to wait till it was perfect. So we waited ages later, and eventually we recorded one. And um, I know a lot of people found this super helpful, and we might actually have to do more on this at some stage because I just love talking about music. I think it's such an interesting thing and how it connects to discipleship and the church and everything. So yeah, I loved having this conversation. It was just me and Jesse, but uh, we had a lot of fun. I think. Yeah, no, it was great. And as you said, I was pushing you for ages to do it. Um, I'm really glad that I, I succeeded in the end. But as we as we said at the top of the episode, I am also really glad that we didn't air the first one. I think the second one was a lot better. Um, I think if I remember at the time, I think a lot of the first one, that a lot of what we said came from a place of frustration and um, maybe a little bit of anger. Because I think there were some things that were going on at the time that were kind of riling both of us up around worship in our local context. And when we did the second one, I think we were a lot more distanced from that emotion. And I think that a lot of what we talked about came more from a place of understanding and just, you know, uh, more detachment, which I think was healthier overall for the way that the the episode came across. Yeah, I I would agree. Um so yeah, I got to really unpack a lot of interesting um, insights and uh, I guess a lot of uh, misconceptions people have, which is always fun to talk about. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. So here it is, uh, episode number 63, the music episode. Dun, dun, dun. But if, uh, if somebody who's naturally creative is taught that, yeah, you can write songs about God. Look, we sing this song. This was written 
you know, a few, like just this year and we're singing it in church. Like God's still doing things today and you can still write yeah. about it and still be creative yeah. about it today. When we only sing songs um, that are really old, that suggests without suggest without actually saying anything, it actually suggests that God used to work, but he doesn't do it anymore. There's nothing to write wow. about now. That's a really interesting idea and that that spills into a much larger discussion about you know what's God saying today like does God actually talk today does he have something new to say in music or through oh, a new type of scripture I don't know uh, that's that's a pretty controversial you know idea to suggest but yeah that's a really interesting idea yeah go on sorry well, yeah well that's a that's just what I think people like it, it sort of it sort of says it without saying anything that if everything is prescribed, there's no room for people to create. And yeah. we can't have that in our churches because, I mean, I th- I personally think that becoming a disciple of Jesus is not following a blueprint, but it's actually one of the most creative journeys you can go on because he shows you how to bring the kingdom of heaven into your unique sphere of life. And the only way to do that is through creatively bringing it in in different ways. And mm. so... A great way to practice that is through music. And I think personally, it's really healthy for churches to learn new songs on even a semi-regular basis. That doesn't mean that has to be like the latest, the latest Hillsong or Elevation or Bethel or whatever. It can be, it can be a new song just to your church. That's fine. And it could be a very classical style. There are still new songs that are being written and that are in an older sort of genre. Yeah. Um, but I think it's very healthy so because a, it actually it actually it preaches in itself that God is still working today and He is still worth writing about. For number nine, um, our next one is the second episode that we did with Tim Gillespie. Now, this was I think a bit of a watershed moment for me for the podcast. I don't know about you, but uh, when we talked about some of our dream guests that we would want to have on the podcast, Tim was always close to the top we're both admirers of the one project and just in general of what tim's done for the church even though he hasn't gotten a lot of credit for it admittedly over the years um but this was a really really cool episode we talked this was part of a two-part conversation about the way the church spends money and 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 stewardship and uh, mission and all that sort of thing um but i really really uh I guess what I admire about Tim, among other things, is the way that he has an ability to see diversity and see unity and to marry them together and to actually just promote that rather than to buy into the old sort of um, dualistic uh, my way or the highway sort of thinking that we often get stuck in. Um, Mm. And yeah, he added so much to the conversation for us and it was really the moment where I realized that um, actually we have a really sort of solemn responsibility for the content that we are producing as a podcast. Um, so yeah, really, really big impactful moment for me. Yeah. And this was, Burn the Haystack kind of became notorious for these two episodes with Tim Gillespie. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people yeah, came in at that time and a lot of people tuned in just for those episodes too. And they're like, every time they hear Burn the Haystack, they're like, like there's so many people I talk to, I'm like, oh, so what are your favorite episodes? They're like the Tim Gillespie ones. That's that's fair. They're pretty amazing. Nothing I've said isn't really <laughs> yeah. Big no, deal, I guess, that's yeah, fair. No. <laughs> I also I also remember. I may be misremembering this, but I believe Tim Gillespie episode was probably the first time that we got negative backlash from anybody on our social media channels. I remember there was yeah. this. <laughs> it was this is so funny. I, one of our social posts. I can't remember what it was. I don't really care. There was this yeah. one commenter who said something to the effect of. You need to delete this episode right now. It's yeah, terrible. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> we even reached we out replied. to the person. Yeah, we replied. And we were like, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What What did you not like about the episode? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Never. We're like, so... okay, well, it doesn't matter then. But <laughs> I would have loved to hear a reply. Just, de- well, I think all it said was delete this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Like, it was very oh. random. Very r slash old people Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, we definitely encourage everybody to go back and listen to both episode 24 and 25. But this particular highlight comes from episode number 25, Tim Gillespie, The Future of Adventism. Listen, I think, I think it, 
I think by investing in the local church, what we do, and there's a phenomenal TED talk, and I can't remember the guy's name who did it, um, but it's on giving in not-for-profit um, and not for profit organizations. And one of the comments that he made that I think is, is brilliant is he said, listen, it's not about the size of the slice. It's about the size of the pie. Uh, Right. Oh yeah. And, and we, we, you know, the way our structure is, is built right now, it's give us, give us the whole pie. We don't care how big it is, but it all has to come to us. And I would argue that if, if, if we were able to give, let's say, 20% of our tithe to the conference, but we kept 80% and began to grow the church thoughtfully with accountability, we began to grow the church from um, we began to grow the church from that, you know, 80% that we got to keep. That's a bunch more money that we get to keep locally to build ministries, to hire local people, to to you know, to continue to grow the influence of the local church. That pie is going to grow. That means that twenty percent that's worth ten thousand dollars today might be worth a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars later on if we allow the local church to grow because you're creating that infrastructure. But what what they're doing is they're kind of starving the local church. I think. It feels like at times they starve the local church to take all that little piece of the pie. When if you gave some of that back, the pie would continue to grow and then it would become autocatalytic. That money wouldn't even really need to be managed is not the right word, but it would continue to come because you're growing you're growing an organization that continues to go rather than rather than starving an organization that's limping along. Wow. So, so for me, if we can grow the size of the pie locally, your twenty percent that we're giving you is worth more than your hundred percent of what of all we could give you. Now we can give you more because there's more there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe too much sense. Now I'm a bit scared. So, just like how we started this top ten list, all good things start with Kira Bullock, and all good things end with Kira Bullock. <laughs> obviously. So. Obviously. Uh, she'd probably smack me over the head for saying that but she uh again is such a great guest who we've had on a couple of times and is always in high demand i'm already planning i've got another episode lined up that we're gonna do with her at some stage so she will be back again um god willing i guess so we can sort it out but um she honestly just has so much and this was this highlight comes from the very first episode we did with her and it's called Kira Bullock Only Sees Potential. And this whole thing... Sorry, I'm spoiling your part that you're doing, Jesse. But, no worries. Um, the whole episode, we asked her to come and like, hey, can you... Like, you have so much inspired about creativity. Do you reckon you could come and like to share a bunch about creativity? That's what we... And that, this is where we ended up landing and it went way beyond what we thought it would. Oh, yeah. But that, as you said, that just always happens with Kira. I mean, she is uh, like Nimrod, just one of those people that you sit with her and you just sense, okay, there's a depth here. I just want to listen and yeah, it's just amazing. Uh, so I did not plan this, even though I'm the editor. Um, it just so happens that Kira Bullock was uh, first and last. So maybe we should just completely rebrand to the Kira Bullock Fan Club podcast. I don't know. <laughs> <Cut in. laughs> Either way, um, for our 10th uh, highlight from the episode, our 10th and final highlight, we go all the way back to episode 11 Kira Bullock sees only potential. So, uh, I mean, you mentioned before about artistic people and less artistic people. Uh, mm. do, do you kind of think that um, there are creative people and then there are people who are just not creative? No, I fundamentally believe that every human being is creative. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a bold statement. It is a bold <laughs> statement, yeah. I, I don't believe everybody's it. artistic. Right. Um, and they're different. I believe everybody is creative. Um, I don't think that there's one person on the planet that that lacks creativity. I think everybody has it. I can unpack that further if you like. Yes, yes please. please. Yes, yep, please. Yep. <laughs> okay. I was like, no, no, it's okay. We can just move on from there. No, just leave no, the no, definition no. out there hanging and let people interpret it however Everybody they want. Everybody completely right? teased. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, everybody's creative. Um, I... You know, we're created by Creator God mm. and we have his DNA. Um, and we're created, I believe, to be creative. I think what's happened is, is that we've misunderstood the definition of creativity and we've decided that it's a personality type 
or it's a, it's a certain type of person. Now there are artistic people, you know, and there are practical people and there are types of people, but creativity is not a type of person. It's a form. Um, so I would explain it this way. I would say that there are people that, there are people that look at a pile of wood and nails and they know what to do with that. There are people that look at a canvas and they've already designed the painting. There are people that look at scraps of material and they've already got a patchwork quilt put together in their mind. There are people that look at a bunch of ingredients and know what to use and how much to use in order to form a perfect recipe. And so my definition of creativity over the years has become this. It, creativity is your personal creativity is found in whatever you look at and see potential in. Whoa, I got goosebumps. That I is, actually have goosebumps. <laughs> that's a good statement. Could you repeat that statement, please? So your personal creativity will be found in whatever you look at and see potential in. <laughs> and examples of that, more examples of that, is some people look at people and they see huge potential, which means their creativity lies in working with people. Mm. Um, people do that with music, sure. People do that with art, sure, but they also do it with a whole lot of practical things. People do that in engineering all the time. They're incredibly creative. Accountants are incredibly creative people. They look at numbers and equations and they see potential that I can't even begin to imagine. You know, really? it's just not. So I think that every human being is creative. It's just a question of what do you see potential in? Now, you might think, is that it? Is that all they have? Is it just 10 highlights? Surely there can't be any more than that. <gasps> Bonus highlight! <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We just couldn't cut this down to 10, so we decided that we had to include a bonus we are going to finish finally and this is the last one we promise with the what do they what do we call him the um the pod father himself the um <laughs> yes the 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 absolute mad lad the father of adventist podcasting matthew lucio or lucio but i think it's lucio because he's italian man he's italian so you gotta pronounce <laughs> it like the italians do so yeah. And the reason we had to share, this is a really special moment. Um, obviously, he has the podcast, the Adventist History Podcast, fantastic podcast. Um, and he shared with us what he believes the actual origin of the haystack is. Um, it's very profound. Right uh, he, he's a true historian. He is, uh, with his journalistic facts, a uh, lot of integrity. So... What you're about to hear, ladies and gentlemen, is the actual true account of how the haystack was first discovered. So without further ado, I invite you to join us on this journey. Yes, this is episode 30. Matt Lucio reveals the true history of the haystack. So I guess quick question and maybe the most important question of all. Have you, um, have you come across where the first haystack was made in Adventism? <laughs> Has it popped up yet? Uh, no. Can I can I just invent a story of how I think it should happen? <laughs> I guess so. You're you're the expert here. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm just a podcaster. All right. So, in 19 no, let's say 1850, okay. Ellen White was walking in the woods. Ooh. She was really wrestling, uh, you know, around 1850. They're trying to figure out the, the Review and Herald if publishing is the thing they should do. And so she's really seeking a sign from God about what to do. This was the first power transfer from Joseph Bates to the Whites. And there in the forest, she saw something shining. And so she walked toward this shining thing. And the, the animals, the birds were quiet. The squirrels were quiet. The, the uh, carnivorous kangaroos were quiet. <laughs> They're, they're glowing. She was so hungry. I should, that's a detail I should add. She was so hungry. They're glowing was a haystack. And there was an angel standing next to the haystack and said, she says, what is this? Ellen says, what is this? Because, you know, taco salad was just not in the American vocabulary in 1850. And the angel said, this is, this is actually manna. Like, this is what the Israelites ate in the wilderness. And Ellen said, we got to rebrand this because that sounds really old. We need like a hip, cool name for this. And the angel said, what do you recommend? And Ellen White said, let's call it a stack of hay. 
<laughs> and then, of course, over time, it got rearranged to cooler haystack. <laughs> yeah, that's what I found. That's wow. what I found. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to our top 10 favorites plus bonus favorites uh, of the last 100 episodes of this podcast. There are so many other great moments we could have shared, but these are just the top 11 that um, stuck out to us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, honestly, I just want to thank every single person who has been here um, journeying with us with this podcast. If you have been with us all the way, um, then that's amazing. You probably deserve an award for hanging in with us this long and listening to so many episodes. Um, And for every person who's joined us along this journey, it's been such a privilege to be able to share your uh, your car or your you know makeup session or you know washing the dishes um gym sesh wherever you gym sesh wherever you find yourself listening to this podcast it's just been such an honor to be able to to be part of your everyday life and um yeah just i guess here's to the next hundred i have no idea personally where <laughs> the next hundred is gonna go we have some thoughts but really if the last 100 episodes is anything to go by i know that the next 100 is going to be an absolute blast um full of surprises and everything yeah we'll probably just run for another 20 or something uh, <laughs> <laughs> here's to the next 20 people <laughs> yeah, probably all we got left in us but you know <laughs> so full of hope so full of vision josh <laughs> nah, we you know we, we've moved to like more of se- more seasons and that kind of thing um and yeah, yeah a lot of you guys know we've been doing more video content as well but We've got lots of ideas and interesting people we keep meeting keep sending us recommendations and connecting us with people and we'll keep doing our best to bring you the best haystack burning content you can possibly imagine yeah absolutely absolutely so look from all of us at the burn the haystack team from josh wood from laura from me and from josh um here's to the next hundred we love you guys um so excited for what um this podcast has in store for all of us in the future yeah absolutely and oh we should also mention josh and laura also helped us choose these top 10 lists as well so thank you guys for contributing to this list and uh as you know for all things burn the haystack make sure you go to burnthehaystack.org like Um, and subscribe like and subscribe no subscribe and (laughs) actually you can like us on youtube and um on our social media platforms and uh subscribe to this wherever you get your podcasts share it with a friend and write us a review if you can that'd be wonderful yeah so that is burn the haystack out